Hi there, welcome to the Causeway Coast Vineyard podcast. We are a church who are passionate about seeing the transformation of individuals and institutions in our city through the generations to see all things new in our community. We hope you enjoy this message. Good morning. It's so lovely to see you guys. Welcome, welcome. Welcome to summer services at Causeway Coast Vineyard. We are so excited that it's summer, even though you may have got caught in the crazy thunderstorm on the way in this morning. What is that? What is that? It was sunny earlier this morning. And then I'm like, hang on a wee second. Is that the rain? And the rain in here is like, if you haven't been here during a rainstorm before, <coughs> to hear it in this room is like another level. And online, when you hear room, or rain happening outside this room, you're like, what's gone wrong with the sound? No, nothing. It's just Northern Ireland summer. So welcome to Northern Ireland summer at Causeway Coast Vineyard. And I am praying that that's the last rain for about, what do we reckon? Three months? Four months? It's realistic. Four months. I'm going all in. Four months. Here we are till October. No, right, okay. Okay, you can't take that as gospel truth, unfortunately. Anyway, I wonder if you are someone who likes to ask questions, or if you're someone a little bit more like me, who's a bit more take things at face value kind of a person, or I wonder if you've ever got in trouble for asking questions. Sometimes we can get in trouble asking questions, can't we? And sometimes that's because our motivation can be a little bit off, like, well, I just don't believe you, so prove it to me. I will ask my questions, but with a big attitude, which is not always brilliant. But most times when we ask questions, questions come from this place of inquisitiveness and hunger in us to grow and learn, which is a brilliant place to be asking questions from. And those are class questions to be asking. And so as we were dreaming about the summer, our services over July and August, we were thinking, what could we, what could we do? And we thought, what about if we spend our summer asking questions together? What about if we take the weeks of the summer and we just look at Jesus' life on earth here and we'll ask a few was Jesus questions, right? What, what, who was he? What was he really like? What was his personality? What were his friends like? How did he spend his time? Was he really kind? Was Jesus religious? I'm not sure. Was he rich? I don't know. Let's find out. Let's ask questions together. So we thought that would be a really fun summer series to do. And we know that some of you guys are here on summer holidays. Welcome. And we know that you might only be able to pop in once or twice during the summer. And that is brilliant. And for others of us, we'll be like, I'll be in most Sundays or catching up on line or whatever and that's all brilliant but we've set the summer up so that if you pop in once or twice the Sunday that you're here should make sense all on its own and if you follow every single week and you're here all the way through then each week should make sense following on from the one before but you don't have to follow on from the one before for it to make sense ta-da does that make sense love it all right okay okay (laughs) well why don't we pray and then I'll kick in Holy Spirit thank you for your presence in this room Thank you that you are here with us. You're ready to meet with us. And I pray that you will soften and open our hearts so that we are ready to meet with you. God, will you speak to us this morning, please? Will you meet with us and will you change our lives like never before? So that when we 
click off our screen after this service or so that when we leave this room after this service, we leave changed by your goodness and your power and your presence so we'll never be the same again. We love you. Amen. Amen. Well, maybe you're here and you're someone who doesn't follow Jesus and you're like, no, Janet, I have no questions. I have no questions about Jesus and I have no questions about church. And actually, am I in church? What am I doing here? Wow, what have I clicked on online? I don't know what this is. Oh dear goodness, now I'm panicking. What have I done? Now I have questions. Or maybe you're someone who doesn't follow Jesus and you are brimming over with questions. You're like, yes, I have questions about Jesus. Oh my goodness, I have so many questions that just don't add up in my head and I don't know where to go with them. Or maybe you're someone who follows Jesus and you've known him for a long time and you're just easy breezy about it. You're like, nah, I'm good, man. I don't have questions about Jesus. I just, I read about him. I know him in my life. I have walked with him and it doesn't cause me to question. There's no questions coming up in me. Or perhaps you follow Jesus for a long time and the longer you know him, the more questions you have bubbling up inside you like this hunger, this passion, this desire to learn all you can about him and to get to know him better than you ever did before. Maybe you spend your time thinking about things like Jesus' day or his character when he was here on earth. It's like, who was he? Was he kind? Was he judgmental? Was he religious? Was he busy? Was he free? Was he insecure or secure? Was Jesus like some sort of influencer or what was going on with him? Was he rich? Was he poor? Wherever you naturally sit when it comes to asking questions and wherever you are in your journey of exploring Jesus, you're so welcome to jump in on our conversations over the summer as we look at some of our questions we have looking at Jesus' life here on earth. So we have said it. Summer has begun. I'm saying that slightly in faith because of the weather. But because it's summer, sometimes we'll find ourselves with schedule changes because it's summer, right? So we have a nine-year-old at home who's just got off school change to schedule. We have new rhythms that we need to be looking out in, uh, looking at in our family home because our wee man is super excited to be off school, even though he loves school. I'm not even talking about how crazy this last year has been for schools, by the way. But he loves being at school, but he's excited to be at home without school work to have to do. Does that make sense for you parents? You get it. Okay. And we're very excited about that too. But what it means is we're having to like rearrange our schedule and our rhythms a little bit in our house because because we want to create time to have precious family memories and time together over the summer. But while our son is on a two-month holiday from school, Neil and I are not on a two-month holiday from work. And so while we want to have brilliant family moments, we also still want to be brilliant pastors and do our jobs well. So we want to, we're working at our rhythms. And maybe you're a parent here with kids off school and you're facing similar things. You're like, oh, Our scheduling needs to change ever so slightly. Or maybe your rhythms of summer are not affected by parenting, but maybe your rhythms of summer are affected because you work in hospitality. And up here on the North Coast, super exciting that this gets to be a busy season this year, but summer on the North Coast in hospitality is bonkers, mctonkers, crazy. Yes, McTonkers is a word. Maybe just in my head, but I'm going with it. So it is, it's crazy busy. And maybe you're just like, buckle up for the ride because we are just holding on until we get past the summer season. It's the craziest time of the year for us. Or perhaps you work in an industry that has been full on over this last year. And this summer season is the first chance that you've had to slow down and breathe in and have a little bit of a rest 
as you come in to this summer season. Or maybe you're someone here and you don't or you can't work for whatever reason. And so rhythms in the summer might be changing, but it's also maybe bringing up some emotions that we weren't expecting. Whatever our personal experience is, we all understand that there are seasons where our structures and our schedules and rhythms change, don't we? For some of us, summer's busy. For some of us, it's free. For some of us, summer is noisy and full. And for others of us, it's quiet. For some of us, summer needs more structure than ever just to make it through till the new school term. And for others of us, summer is like this easy breezy schedule gets kicked out the window kind of a rhythm for us. And so as we are asking questions about Jesus over the summer, I wonder if there might be a question that we could ask that would help us, wherever we are at, navigate through our own summers. Like, I wonder, was Jesus busy? That's the spoiler alert of what my talk is today. Wonder, was Jesus busy? Was his day full or empty? Was it noisy or quiet? Was it structured or unstructured? Was it full of people demanding his time or was it easy breezy and he had loads of time to himself? So let's take a wee look. We're gonna start looking through the Gospels and the Gospels are the first four books of the New Testament of the Bible. You find that about, it's about halfway through the Bible. And it's these books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those four books are called the Gospels. And they are crammed, packed, full of stories of what Jesus' everyday life looked like whenever he was here on earth. They are just, they tell us all about the miracles. They tell us all about Jesus' heart for us. They show us how he lived his everyday life. And they are amazing. If you are new to reading the Bible, I recommend you start with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Just find out all about Jesus. Get to know him. You really get to know him in those books of the Bible. So I thought it could be really fun for us to really quickly look through three of Jesus' typical days. Okay, so just three examples. I'm not gonna read the whole passages out because well, we'd just be here till tonight reading the Bible, which is lovely. But instead, I thought we could just skip through them and then you guys could read the actual scriptures later if you wanted to. So the first day, the first example of Jesus' day, we find in Mark chapter one. And this day starts off, Jesus gets up early and he goes to the synagogue, which is like church, and he teaches. He teaches the people in the synagogue. While he's there, he gets interrupted because there's a guy there and it says in the Bible that he was oppressed. Like he was, there was something holding him back. There was something that was holding on to him in his life, maybe emotionally or spiritually or something like that. It was holding him back and he was, he was just not in good shape. And so Jesus saw him while he was teaching and he was like, I'm gonna set you free from that. So he, in the middle of his teaching, he stopped and he sets this guy free from whatever it was that was holding him back because he's so kind like that. And then he finishes off teaching at the synagogue. And then when he finishes there, he's with his friend and his friend's mother-in-law is really sick. So they go to his mother-in-law's house and Jesus heals his friend's mother-in-law, which is really cool. That's a busy day. But then it says, in the evening... Check this out. The whole village rocks up at the door. What is that? I don't know what that would be like. Well, that'd be crazy. But anyway, Jesus sees the whole village arrive at the door and he has compassion on them. And he comes out and says, what do you need? And they needed healing. Some of them were sick physically. They needed set free. Some of them were also dealing with stuff that was holding them back and holding them down. And so Jesus spent his evening praying for the people of the village who had turned up at the door. And that's day one. Whew, 
Wow, wow, we wow, that's a busy one. Okay, we'll skip on. Matthew 14 tells us about another day, and this is a really sad day. Because this is the day that Jesus hears that his cousin John has been murdered. It's a sad day. And so Jesus hears this news and then he takes himself off to be by himself, to grieve, to mourn the loss of family. But as he's leaving, the crowds hear Jesus is going somewhere. Where's he going? What's he gonna do? What's gonna happen now? Because they, they know the rumors, they know the stories. And so they follow him. They're like, I don't, that's creepy following. I don't know if they do that. <laughs> or like slightly comedy dance following. I don't know. But they all follow him, right? And there's thousands of them. And they find him. They catch up to him. And there's thousands and thousands of people. And they press in around Jesus. And they all want something from him. And Jesus is grieving. And in the middle of his grief, do you know what the Bible tells us? He has compassion on the crowds. Oh, Lord, make me more like you. He has compassion on the people bigger than what he's going through himself in that moment. And so he takes time with the crowd. He teaches them. He heals their sick. He spends time setting them free. And then at the end of that time, he just casually does a wee miracle because he looks at them again. And he's like, oh, these poor guys are starving. They need some dinner. What have we got? And the disciples are like, well, we have five loaves of bread and two fish. What do you reckon, Lord? And Jesus goes, perfect. I know what I'll do with that. I'll multiply that miraculously in a supernatural, crazy, bonkers moment that's actually just a normal part of my day. And I'll feed everyone. And the Bible tells us that he fed 5,000 men plus their wives and their kids. It's a whole lot of thousands. That's a lot of people with a little tiny amount of food. But nothing's little tiny when you put it in the hands of Jesus. That is what happened on that day. And then when everyone was fed... When everyone had met with Jesus and had time with him, then he said, okay, guys, you can go on home now. You can rest. And he says to his disciples, off you go, guys. You're good. Why don't you head over to the other side of the lake on the boat? And then Jesus does take time. He goes into the hills and he spends time with his father, who of course is God, and he prays in solitude. And he gets that quiet moment. That's day two. Goodness gracious, right? Right? Oh, no, I can't do that. Okay, and the last day that I want to look at, we find in Mark chapter five. And this is another example of Jesus' kind of normal day. So he starts off in this one place and he meets this guy and it, the Bible tells us this guy has been tormented by many demons for a long time. That does not sound pleasant. So Jesus spends his time with this guy and he sets him free from all of the spiritual darkness that's been holding on to him for years, right? But the people of the town where this man lived were so freaked out by the way that Jesus set this man free that they were like, you've gotta get out of here. They were totally freaked out by him and they begged him to leave. So Jesus is like, no probs. So he jumps in a boat and he sails across to the other side, the other side of the lake and gets out at the town there. And then when he gets out at that town, loads of people hear that he's there. And the rumor mill starts and the people start crowding in and he's surrounded by another crowd of people in this other town. And in this crowd of people, Jesus meets a man called Jairus. And Jairus was one of the religious leaders of the time. He worked in the synagogue. And so Jairus comes to him and says, Jesus, my daughter is dying. Will you help me? Will you come and heal her? 
So in that moment, Jesus makes a plan. He's like, yep, I'll come. And so they set out on this plan. They're walking towards Jairus' house to heal his daughter. And then as the crowds are all pressing in around Jesus, so many people, this one lady comes and interrupts the plan. She doesn't mean to, bless her. She just wants to sneak up and sneak away again. She just wants to get close enough to Jesus to be healed because she has been sick and bearing this awful condition for 12 years and she's desperate. So she just sneaks up by Jesus and she just touches the hem of his clothes and then she sneaks away again. But of course, Jesus welcomes the interruption and doesn't see it as an interruption at all and he stops the plan and he says, hang on a wee second, somebody needs me. And he sees this lady and he loves her and he notices her and he speaks to her and he takes time with her and he heals her. <laughs> and he heals her. And then the news comes, Jairus, don't bother the teacher anymore. Your daughter has died. It's too late. The interruption to the plan spoiled it all. Too late, missed your opportunity. And Jesus just goes, okay, Jairus, don't worry, we'll still go. Come on, we'll still go. We'll stick to the plan, will we? Let's pick it up again. So they walk on to Jairus' house. And Jesus goes into the room where his little girl is, where Jairus' little girl is. And her little body's lying there. And so now instead of healing this little girl, Jesus takes time with her and he raises her from the dead. He brings her back to life. He breathes his life into her and she stands up and is well. She's completely healed. That's just three tiny examples of Jesus' day. <laughs> but even looking at these couple of examples, we can learn so much about whether he was busy or not, can't we? So, was Jesus busy? Yes, he was. Was he free? Yes. Was he loud? Yes. Was he quiet? Yes. Was Jesus surrounded by people and their demands? Yes, he was. Did Jesus take time by himself? Yes, he did. Was Jesus structured? Yeah. Was Jesus unstructured? Yeah. <laughs> so we can learn a few things, can't we, about Jesus' day. Mostly that his typical day wasn't very typical at all. There was maybe no such thing. But wow, as someone who personally is sometimes busy and sometimes free, sometimes structured and sometimes not, sometimes loud, I know you find that hard to believe, and sometimes quiet, which you may find harder to believe, but it does happen, the rumors are true. Um, sometimes surrounded by people and sometimes taking time by myself. I am so encouraged reading these stories of Jesus' day, and not just these three stories, but all the rest of the stories all throughout the Gospels, because I realize that I can look at every single moment of my summer rhythms and my summer schedule, and in them, I can find Jesus. In every moment of my every day, I can find Jesus in these stories, and I love that. But here's the thing that I really love about what Jesus' day-to-day -day life looked like when he was here on earth. Because what he was doing was amazing. It was so cool. He was healing people, setting people free, teaching people, spending time with people. He was generous with his time. But the things that he was doing were only part of his story. The things that he was doing were only part of it. The what was important, 
But it wasn't the main thing. It wasn't the focus of his day. How Jesus lived in his everyday moments was really important because of one thing. And that was this. What Jesus did was important because of the why behind the what. Because of his motivation. And we find out what that is as we look in John chapter 5. And this is an example of another of Jesus' days. This was a Sabbath day, which in Jewish custom meant it was a day filled with rules about resting that you had to keep. And so Jesus goes on this Sabbath day and he meets this man who hadn't been able to walk for 38 years. That is a long time to be suffering. That's a long time to be maybe in pain. That's a long time to not be able to walk. Jesus sees this guy, again, he has compassion on him and he heals him. That caused brilliant celebration, obviously, in this man. And you know what? It should have caused celebration everywhere else, but it didn't. What actually happened was Jesus got in trouble. He got in trouble. It's amazing that he healed this man, but the focus became, you broke the rules of the Sabbath. And he got in trouble. And this is where we find out Jesus' why behind the what. John chapter five, verse 17 says this. In his defense, Jesus said to them, my father is always at his work to this very day and I too am working. And in verse 19, he continues, very truly I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, the son also does. Jesus' why behind what he did every day was to live his life mirroring what he saw his father do. His motivation, the why behind the what, the why that drove him to the what was watching his father God at work. He saw what God was doing and he spent his time doing that stuff too. Not one second of Jesus' life was wasted because he kept his eyes on his father because he followed in his father God's footsteps. Whether that was in the middle of the busy or the free time, the loud or the quiet, the surrounded or the solitude, the structured or the unstructured, Jesus spent every minute of his day putting plans in place that mirrored what he saw his father doing. And for those of us who follow Jesus or want to follow Jesus, he is our example, Jesus is our example. And so we get to copy him. We get to follow him to walk in in the fullness of life that he offers us. And it's in these stories that we get to learn what real life really looks like as we follow him. It's in these stories that we find out like Jesus modeled, the what we do is important, but it's not our full story. We look at examples of Jesus' day-to-day life on earth and we can not only be encouraged that we find him, can find him in every moment of our summer schedules, but we can also be encouraged that each moment of our days can count. Each moment of our days matter. We invite the Holy Spirit of God to fill us with his presence and his power and we keep our eyes fixed on him and follow him into every moment of our day. Then every moment of our days can count and that's where we learn the why behind our what. So whether we're busy 
whether we're working, whether we're parents, whether we're at home, whether we're single, whether we're married, whether we own our own businesses, whether we're on holiday or whether we're busier than we've ever been in this season. The most important thing in our lives is not simply what we're doing or not doing. The most important thing is our why behind our what. And in Northern Ireland, I think we sometimes held to this strange idea That if we want to follow Jesus and we want to look more like him, then we just need to fill our days with more what. It's all about the what. And doing more and more and more and more. You go to more church services. You pray for more people. You sing more worship songs. You give more words of encouragement to people. You're more generous with your money. You're more generous with your time. And are those things that we believe in and think are important around here? Yes, they definitely are. But it doesn't start with those things because the what is only part of our story. Even more important than the things that we're doing is why we're doing them. Because we could be doing all of those things, but living really far apart from Jesus. We could look nothing like him on the inside. The why behind our what is the so important thing. It's the why that leads us to the what. Our why that leads us to the what is the very thing that makes us look more or less like Jesus. And if we want to follow Jesus, then we need to do just that. We follow him. We follow his example. We read stories. We see how he did it, and then we do it too. And his example, as we can see from the passage we just read, is to only do what we see the Father doing. He is our why behind our what. As followers of Jesus, the only way we can do that is if we're filled with the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. We need him in every single moment of our every day. Living life for Jesus can't be done just because we think it's a good idea. Following God's example can't be done just by reading stories in the Bible. We need to be filled with the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit of God in order to have the right heart, in order to have our eyes fixed in the right places, and in order to have the power to do any of the stuff that we see Jesus doing. Happily, the Holy Spirit is fully available to all of us, and he lives in all of us who follow Jesus. So we're going to finish up this morning by spending time praying together. Why don't you stand up, if you can. Andrew's just going to play while we're praying. There's nothing magical about that. But worshipping and playing... It's another way that we pray. It's another way that we invite the presence of God to be felt in the room. The presence of God is here. What I mean by that is God is here. (laughs) And if you're new to spending time meeting with Jesus in moments like this or allowing the Holy Spirit to meet with you, then I just encourage you to relax. He's kind. He's good. He only ever wants to meet with us to bring us into life. So you can rest easy in his presence. Holy Spirit, you're so welcome. We love you so much. God, we need you. God, we need you.
firstly, I would love to pray for you. If you're here and you don't yet know Jesus as your rescuer, as your Lord, as your everything, as the king of your heart, Jesus has offered us this amazing invitation into real life, true, real life, the only true, real life. And to walk into that, all we need to do is accept his invitation. But if you're here today or if you're watching online and you haven't yet accepted that invitation of Jesus into real life, but today you want to, or you want to find out more about it, or you want to start exploring that, or say, yes, Jesus, I don't really know exactly what that means, but yes, and I want to start finding out what that means. I want to start journeying with you. Then we would love to pray for you. So I'm going to ask everybody in the room to close your eyes, just to give privacy to the people around you in case they want to respond, because this is a pretty vulnerable thing to do in a room full of people. And if you're watching online and you wanna do this, can you just pop onto the prayer link and ask for some prayer? Or you can email us later on at Causeway Coast Vineyard and we would absolutely love to chat with you and pray with you. But in the room in the moment, if you wanna start a relationship with Jesus today, start that adventure with him from this moment, I would love to ask you to put your hand up really high so that I can see it. It has to be high because I'm wee. So that's the only reason it has to be high. And just hold it up long enough so that I can see you. If everyone else keeps their eyes closed, we're not gonna call you out or embarrass you, but I'd love to pray for you. So I'll just give you a little minute to do that now. please chat to us after or chat to someone you've come with. That would be amazing. But I'd also love to pray for people in the room and at home this morning who feel a bit crowded out by the what. Do you know when we get busy or we're not even super busy all the time, but we feel overwhelmed by what it is that's going on in our lives. It might be what we're doing or it might be circumstances we're facing, but the what is getting all our attention. It's like screaming at us from all angles and it's putting pressure in from all angles. I just think the Lord is here this morning to set you free from the pressure of the what, of the stuff. And so if that's you, if you feel like the what is crowding out, it's crowding around me, and it's crushing me a little bit. And you just want peace. You just want the peace of the Father to come in place of the pressure. Why don't you just raise your hand? We'd love to pray for you. God bless you. God bless you guys. God bless you. There's a few people in the room putting their hands up. Again, if you're online and you'd like prayer for that, just follow the prayer link. Our team would love to pray for you. 
Is there anyone else in the room who's feeling that, the pressure of the what? All right, I'd love to pray for you guys who've responded. Holy Spirit, will you come? Increase your presence in our lives, Lord. I pray for my friends who have responded, who are feeling the pressure of what in life crowding in around them. Lord, I pray your peace would come and invade every space in their hearts and in their lives, Lord. That they would feel the freedom of you coming close to them, God. And that, that what they're doing or what they're facing wouldn't crowd out their space in their hearts anymore, God. They would feel your freedom and your peace and your presence, Lord. And I have a sense that there's some of us today who might be feeling, have been waking up in the morning with a bit of a feeling in the pit of our stomach and it's like dread. It feels like just this horrible, like nauseous kind of feeling in our stomachs and it's, um, it's just like this, oh, I don't know if I can do this today. Just like that. Like it's too much and maybe it's not stuff. Maybe it's not what we're doing or what we're facing. It's just a feeling. It's a weight in the pit of our stomachs that we have to get over to get out of bed in the mornings. And again, if that's you online, if you just head for our prayer team, guys, we'd love to pray for you. If you're in the room and that's you, you wake up in the morning, might not be every morning, but you wake up in the morning with that, oh no, in the pit of your stomach. And you want set free from that? You want released from that? Why don't you just raise your hand in this moment? We'd love to pray for you. See, God bless you. God bless you. Bless you guys. Come, Holy Spirit. Their hands popping up around the room. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. My Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come, Lord. Let your freedom come, Lord. Let your freedom be released in these people's lives, Lord. I pray that that would be the end of that feeling in the pit of their stomach. I speak to that sense and that pressure and that feeling of dread and I say, no more. No more in Jesus' name. You are not allowed to do that anymore take authority over that in the name of Jesus and say no and the Holy Spirit instead I invite your peace to come let your peace come and crowd out that feeling of dread let your peace come and overtake that sense of dread that nauseous knot in people's stomachs Lord I pray that it would be undone in your peace be undone in your peace thank you Jesus thank you Jesus Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you're so good. You're so good. Let your freedom come. Let your peace come. And for all of us in this moment, if we just want to meet with Jesus fresh at the start of our summer, we want to be filled by the power and presence of the Holy Spirit, whether that's something that's new to you or you're super familiar with. What I mean by that is that we would know God's presence with us every day, that we would feel like full of Him, filled with Him, filled with His presence. 
and his peace. Why don't you just raise your hands? I'm going to pray for you quickly, and then Joel and Jenny are going to close the service for us this morning. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord, we need you. In our everyday moment of everyday life, we need you. Will you fill us fresh with your presence and your power, Holy Spirit, that everything we walk into in every single day will be marked by your goodness, will be marked by your presence, that we will see you and recognize you in every moment of our day. Lead us in miraculous, supernatural, wonderfully natural ways in our everyday life, God, as we live for you. How we love you, Jesus. How we love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Guys, thank you. You can grab your seats. Thank you for joining us for our podcast today. For more information, resources, and opportunities, you can check us out at cosmicoastvineyard.com.